0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe.
1: Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype podcast. An
2: ah! interception, and you're not down by ten anymore. Andre, how and second interception the- to get you the information that you need to you start
1: your own business and do your own thing.
0: And I felt like it gave me a good perspective. I was not the first person to go through what I went through.
1: Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Pope, a.k.a. The Part Disciple. I'm co-host Under Howe. Man, Dre, we at it again, man. I'm telling you, we've been knocking these things out to part. I think we've been having some amazing videos, some amazing episodes that's been um, so enlightening, so insightful. Uh, just really going to be providing some some good information for, for the audience, man. So I'm excited, man. The guy that we got on uh, this episode, I know him pretty well. Uh, one of Bethune-Cookman University's most noted players of the decade, two-time all-conference performer, MEAC pre- uh, preseason player of the year 2011, top 10 linebacker by Sports News, preseason second team, FCS All-American 2011, Mr. Pick 6 is what they called him, former NFL current uh, Bethune-Cookman University assistant coach. With no further ado, we want to welcome to the podcast my guy, Ryan Lewis. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Sure, appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Glad to have appreciate yes, you. Appreciate you. I should say.
1: Listen, man, Ryan. Our our podcast, man, is really about just getting individuals on who've uh, kind of experienced a lot of the different circumstances. We talk about sports, been able to ride the wave up to the top, man, and just kind of seen, you know, a lot of the things that has happened. That you know, a lot of times it's all about hype. A lot of people love you know, sports and people that's been been successful. But when you talk about right. uh, the other side of it and making adjustments and, and battling through adversity, man, we like to share stories of individuals that have had, that Process. you know, their experience of those different type of things. So, man, we love, we're glad to have you on. But what we like to do is just start from the beginning, man. Just tell us a little bit about where you're from, uh, what it was like for you growing up there.
0: Yes, sir. First off, appreciate y'all for having me on, man. A lot of people don't know I played I played with you, you know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't play together. I played with you. So you the big homie. I appreciate you having me on, and nice meeting you, too, Jay. For sure. But, uh, I'm from a – where you from, Jay? I'm from Louisiana, from Port Island, right there so back in Yeah, so it's all the same. You know, I'm yes, from Pompano Beach, Pompano Beach, Florida, down in South Florida, down in Broward County. Uh, grew up five minutes away from uh, Chile High School, where I went to high school. Uh, played Little League in Pompano. I did pretty much everything in Pompano. Played Little League in Pompano. Played high school football in Pompano and went on – to uh, Daytona for college. But uh, in Pompano Beach, just, you know, Blanche High School, uh, historically, is a great high school in South Florida in football. Grew up there. A lot of people just went to Ely. For me, I grew up at Ely. My uncle was the head coach at Ely when I was younger. So I always grew up at Ely. So I came through Ely when they had, you know, Al Harris, Tyrone Carter, Corey Simons, those type of guys. And uh, so that's a little bit about me. So, uh- When did you first start playing sports and who inspired you early on? I've been playing sports for a while, since I was about five or six, but I can remember vividly when I was younger, my oldest brother, I had an older cousin that's like four or five years older than me. I remember vividly him getting him ready to get ready to play uh, sports and just watching them even like put the show them how to put the pads in the pants, show them how to, you know, you got, when we play, it's still the same almost, but when you, turn the pads inside out, you got to flip the pads inside out. (laughs) So watching him, like, I remember this vividly, learning all that, watching him do him like that, and then remembering it was my time. And then it's been downhill ever since for me. I always was aggressive, but being able to be sit down and talk like, hey, this is it's not just about being aggressive. You got to be able to take coaching. I got all that from my big brother. Absolutely. So South Florida
1: being legendary, you talk about sports, you're talking about football. For me, you know, it's the Mecca. You know what I mean? When you talk about New York and basketball, they say that's the Mecca. Mm-hmm. But South Florida football is the Mecca. And we start early, man. You, I, you know, some people don't understand the dynamics, understand. even in the Little League, where it's really an event. People who go to high school games on Friday night all comes out to Little League games on Saturday. Saturday it's it's, it's the same feel. Like, there's literally superstars at the Little League level. You know what I mean? Like, yes, legends. You
0: Especially know? with social media now. Oh man, it's, sure. a, it's a different
1: ballpark. But as you mentioned, sure. legendary Blanche, Blanche Ely High School, man, talk about uh, about your team and a little bit about the individual success and maybe some of the guys you played with at Legendary uh,
0: Ely High School. Right. Well, being at Ely, it was probably the only time I wasn't really the best player on the team. <laughs> like I had, I played with four guys, two of my best friends, four guys that got drafted into the NFL. Josh Moore, you oh. uh, got drafted to Chicago Bears. JT Thomas, one of my best friends, got drafted to Chicago Bears also. Patrick Peterson, uh, well, in high school we called him Patrick Johnson. He changed his name to Patrick Peterson. Got drafted in the NFL, top five pick for the Arizona Cardinals. It'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer once he retired. And uh, it was one more. Jabari Price. Jabari Price, he came behind us. I played with him also. So we, we had a rich – we didn't have a lot of team success when I was there, but we had a lot of individual success. So I was able to play with those type of guys for sure.
3: Well, talk about your recruit process and why you decided to go – why you decided to attend Bethune, Bethune-Cookman University.
0: Right. So, I could, I remember, I think – did Coach Ross recruit you too? Yeah. I remember mean, my junior <laughs> year, I used to always go to uh, Bethune-Cookman, Coach Wired, the down and dirty football camp. used to always go there. It was the only, one of the only full padded camps in Florida, along with the, only, the other one they had in uh, Lakeland. So, I used to go there every year growing up with the high school, with Ely had a good showcase at the camp, got an offer my junior year. But then I started getting other offers from bigger schools, but my grade situation, where, where it wasn't needed to be, messed up at school, not going to school, not doing what I needed to do, which is, you know, I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm not going to say I, I'm glad I did that, but it was part of the process and my maturation process to get mm-hmm. me where I'm at now. So my junior year, they offered me, and then I came back. When he came back, he was, he was recruiting a guy by the name of uh, Ryan Cook, from my high school. And I was a junior, Ryan Cook was a senior. And I was like, Coach Ross, what's up, man? I know you offered me as a junior. Like, what you gonna do? He's like, man, you're gonna be too big for us. I'm like, Coach, no, I'm not. I'm coming, he set me up a visit. But at the time, I just wanted to go to a black college, you know, you know the vibes,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: you know what I mean? So I, I went on a visit, came up there on a visit. I was like, oh yeah, I think this is the place for me. And plus my mom, she went to FAMU, my cousin was already at FAMU, my auntie went to FAMU, my whole family went to FAMU, except for my mom's younger brother, he went to Bethune so I was like, in my head, I was like, you know what? I think I want to go this way. Everybody went that way. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to stick over here with him and go this way. And I decided to go to Bethune Cup. It's the best decision I made in my life.
1: Man, absolutely. And I and I know you had some ties with HBCUs. And I wanted to kind of ask you, like, how did that play a role? As you mentioned, you named all family members that had real ties. And for me, it was different. I really didn't have, first of all, I was the first graduate in you know my immediate family to go to, to college and graduate from college. But I knew about the classic, but I ain't right. know a whole lot about Bethune prior to really coming there. But you had, like you mentioned, uncle and, oh, yeah. you know, you had family members that that, uh, that that attended fam. Talk about, like, how that kind of, you know, affected you and the the, the awareness you had of HBCUs early on.
0: Yeah, it affected me tremendously because those names that I mentioned were, were father figures to me. Like, my uncle was a father figure to me. And then my other uncle, his brother actually was coach. I didn't know this until I, till I got Bethune my uncle's brother was coach white's roommate in college wow so it was it was deeper than i thought you know mm-hmm. what i mean so i was, I was always rooted into it because my mentors were hbcu graduates so it was just a no-brainer for me at that point for sure so um uh,
3: what, what was the biggest adjustment for you for you coming from high school to college <laughs>
0: Not having your mom wake you up for school, you're being on your own. You know what I mean. (laughs) The day they drop you off, (laughs) the day they drop you (laughs) off, you're considered a young adult. Nobody's gonna beg you to do anything. So my biggest thing was becoming, and 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 I had guys like Pope too. They too, like like me being from Pompano, it wasn't a lot of people from Pompano that went to Bethune cookman It was either like you from Miami or Jacksonville, and a little bit sprinkling between. And guys Mm -hmm. like Pope from Miami took me in. And guys from Jacksonville, like uh R. Key Smith, yeah. Dexter Jackson, them guys took me in. So they kind of molded me to who I am today. You know what I mean? They played, they did all the same stuff I did, but they also went to class and graduated. So I saw that, saw that firsthand. On the road, my roommate was Dexter Jackson. He was one of the lead captains on the team, mm-hmm. all of me act defender, but he also went to class. Mm-hmm. So I saw it firsthand. I had my bumps and bruises that first semester. The school wrote, and that's another thing about HBCUs. they're not just gonna give up on you. Mm-hmm. You know, you you gonna take your licks early. Now they are not gonna continue to allow you to take licks, but if you take your licks early, far as with education, and they'll work with you, and that's what they did. They stuck with me, and it just molded me. I'm I'm forever um, indebted to that university. for Sure,
1: man. As you mentioned, I was upperclassman when you came in, and I remember uh, just this this young guy from Pompano who just came in and was, and just was talking. Right, you 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 have <laughs> freshmen come in and. You know, Dre, and I'm sure you've seen in that Vandy and just kind of how it is. Freshmen's kind of coming and finding a way, but this young guy just came in and he was in your face, loud, and he was like, you know, a part of like the the show defense. What they, you know, you know, the defense that would go against the ones on defense on um, you know right. during the season. So, our seniors and leaders, our upperclassmen, this young guy is giving us a look out there. He out there trying to make plays and practice, right? And I and, and I knew early on, like, man, this this guy got something to him, and it was you know, what I'm saying early on. And he wasn't afraid of the spotlight at all. And naturally, as he mentioned, man, like some of the classmen guys, we respected him and brought him in. Um, and he, I mean, went on to do his thing. So, Ryan, just talk about, you know, your success ultimately once you guys kind of got that thing going, you know, talk about your success and team success, you know, during your time there.
0: Right. And you pretty much painted it because for me as a freshman, I felt like I should have been playing. I ain't had a body. I ain't had none of that. But in my mind, I should have been playing. Like I got seniors that's been all of me at Travis Rolling and uh in front of me. I'm like, man, I should be playing. I don't want to hear it. I'm crying <laughs> after every game, feeling yeah. like I should be playing. But it wasn't that I was being selfish, it's just the mentality that I had. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, because hindsight's 2020, it kind of made me who I am. Because wanting that. Knowing what the work it, it take to put in to be where you want to be, because them guys work. They didn't just they didn't get plugged in. They worked. So I knew, okay, what's gonna stop me? Because after every game, I cried. As a freshman, I should be playing. We eight and three. I should be yeah. playing. I don't mm-hmm. care. I should be playing. <laughs> so I cried <laughs> after every game. Like I should be playing. <laughs> it's funny now, but it was like it, it did a lot to me. Because like, okay, what's gonna stop me from this? This crime. I gotta work. When my opportunity come, I gotta take advantage of. It. And I remember being a freshman. And it's like you get called up from the bullpen because we down there with the offensive scouts and the, the, the first team defense is on the other end. I know mm-hmm. we're not about to start, but Coach Wild is calling us down there to see what we got. He called me and Reggie. Like, y'all come mm-hmm. on down. I remember Big Podium like, okay, they on, they on their way down here. <laughs> and then it's just been lights out ever since. We've been down here ever since. We worked. We did what we needed to do. We competed with each other. And that was made us better. Me and Reggie, we competed. Like, when I saw him do something good, I was like, okay, he getting too much shine. So it's my time to go. And then he'll do the same thing. And next thing you know, it just created a friendship and then it was healthy. And us from South Florida, we guys like, especially now recruiting and being a coach, guys from South Florida are the guys that mold your team here in Florida. Like they we take South Florida from South Florida and take it wherever we are. So if we in Daytona, South Florida's gonna be in Daytona. Where people gonna sound like us, they're gonna talk like us, eventually they're gonna start dressing like us. So we use that positive with our team and, and it, it festered. we transitioned from coaches because the team didn't really change we added some other things Mm -hmm. but when we changed from one coach to the next coach we already had our team we just needed a different a different guy driving the vehicle which what happened for us and we already had our team because the work we put in previous and then summers summers we started getting summer school when Mm -hmm. we got summer school it was a whole another bargain because now you really you build a team we here together not just from fall and spring we staying out to spring and here all summer, and we're working together as men and creating that camaraderie and building the team.
1: It's interesting you say that because the first summer that we had was that that summer uh, when we was eight and three, and that built a lot of the success we had that year and mm-hmm. just chemistry, as you mentioned. But when you talk about the success y'all had again, because y'all was all of y'all was on the team when I was there, a lot of y'all was my right. teammates. So yes, as you mentioned, a different you know uh, coach at the time took y'all to another level, but it was with the same player. So whether it be Gene Fenor, R.K. Smith, Mike London, Ryan Davis, Reggie, right. you know, Mike Williams, all these guys were on the all team. The and you're talking about talent, Dre. I mean, they was running through conference. I mean, they were playing uh, against D1 schools and beating FIU and being competitive against the University of Miami. I mean, it was almost like he talked about he was crying his freshman year. I was probably crying. Watching them like these guys are, you know, competing at the level, <laughs> right. and I only wish we had the opportunity to. And then to see, as I mentioned, <clears throat> the same guys that I was able to play with to have so so much success, as you mentioned, that chemistry, but the amount of talent, man, and just the the success y'all had, man. How did that feel, being able to just win Miak championships, play on TV, just getting so much attention, man. How
0: was that? Oh, it was amazing, bro. Because and then it felt like. You would have thought we would have did it already, mm-hmm. the way we acted. Like, we did it already. But you got to understand, the guys like we recruited were champions coming out yeah. of high school. Yeah, like, I didn't win a championship out of high school. But the way I talk, you thought we would have won a championship. Right. You got guys from Northwestern that won back-to-back championships. The mm-hmm. Kids from Jacksonville, they won championships. So we had a lot of winners. And recru- recruiting winners can uh, can cover a lot of things, bro. And then I just don't know, bro. I think we just got lucky, man, because we had so much talent. Like, our key wasn't supposed to be there. Right. Gene wasn't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Me and Reggie, we wasn't supposed to be there, but we were there and we took advantage of our situation. We worked and we just moved it forward. So where is that now, bro? And it was just amazing One, It was a blur almost, bro. It's a blur because we, we have coaches on our staff now. That was my coach then. They don't remember nothing about it. Wow. Because it was a blur. It was a blur. Like we ran off 10 straight. Yeah. Didn't play in the second half until the, the classic. That's
1: <laughs> you know crazy. What I mean? and,
0: one, one, and South Carolina State. Cyclone State and the class was the only game that we played in the second half. Wow. Everything else was a blowout. You know what I mean? Wow. So it was amazing, bro. It was a run that was, was unprecedented. It was unprecedented for sure. Man,
3: that's crazy, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <clears throat> at, one, at, what, what, at what point did you realize you could possibly make it to the NFL?
0: Well, that's a great question. The point I thought I could possibly make it to the NFL was actually at a workout was at a workout when I worked out for the Dolphins. They had this little junior day. I mean, not junior day. They had a, I think it was a, a local day workout mm-hmm. for the pros that's locally that they have. And then the next one, they made me work out by myself. But when I work out locally, in my draft class, it was me, like linebackers that was there. It was me, Levante David, All-Pro, who's going to be a Hall mm-hmm. of Famer when he mm-hmm. retired. And uh, um, Iman Lemire, he played at Kansas State and played in the league with the Raiders and the Bengals y'all are familiar mm-hmm. with him, from out, yeah. out of Boca, mm-hmm. and, and I think Reggie. So when I worked out with them, I knew I could play them because if I'm working out – we knew they was going to be – we knew Le, uh, Levante was going to be a first-day pick. See him move around how he moved around and me be able to compete with that, I knew then. And also I knew uh, at the All-Star game I'm, – I'm getting ahead of myself with these questions. I already knew what But at the All-Star game, I also knew too because we played in this All-Star game called called the Battle of Florida. It was right there in Boca. I only had one year of it. I wish these kids could have that. We had every NFL scout, every GM, and like three or four head coaches came to that week. It was every guy. We had Florida State, Florida, USC, South Florida. Like it was a battle of North Florida versus South Florida, right at FAU. So going out there, like before you even line up, the first thing I'm doing is say, okay, he got a Florida helmet on. He got a Florida State helmet on. He got a Michigan helmet on. Okay, I need to go out here. And going at those guys and knowing that I can compete with them, that's when I knew, okay, I might I might can play this game. I might can play this game in, on the next level, for sure.
1: That's that dog, man. You had that dog in you. And we had your former teammate on, Ryan Davis, and he right. said that you were the Ryan that everybody knew, right? Because he, again, position change. Uh, right. He, you know, had to really develop into that. You've been playing that position. And so you – and ultimately you took that lead as a – as the, as as the leader you know what i'm saying and you and you, right. you lived up to that building. but he talked about you being the name that everybody knew the Ryan that everybody knew and because of all the big plays you made throughout your career so even like you know they call you Mr. Pick Six it was like almost every time i was watching right. the game you was you was taking one back and that ain't that, that that didn't change because you used to do that to us in practice and we used to be mad like you know what right. the play going why are you intercepting yeah. the ball like <laughs> <laughs> let's just talk about your mentality and just you know, your your level of understanding the game that helped you make a lot of those big plays and have so much success?
0: Yeah, for me, it, it started off the field in the summers, working out. See, I worked, I was a line, always a linebacker, but my, my best friend in high school, which is Patrick, he was a DB. So I always worked out with DBs. And and I tell linebackers to this day, work out as a DB. Mm-hmm. Go through the ladders, do your cone drills, work out as a DB for sure. But I played baseball growing up too. And I did, mm-hmm. one of my coaches brought this to my attention like years later, like hand-on coordination. I was a catcher and I was a better baseball player than I was a football player, believe it or not. Wow. My mom and my uncle to this day get mad at me because I wanted to play football. And if I was going to play football, I'm going to Ealy. I'm Not going to Terra I'm not going to uh, Stoneman Douglas. I'm going to Ely you know what <laughs> I mean? So going to Ely, you're not going to really play baseball. I played baseball for one year. When I got out there, the head football coach was the, was the baseball coach. I was like, it's not going to work. I'm used to traveling the United States to play baseball. I played AAU baseball. I played in New York. North Carolina, all over the world. So I'm used to real baseball. So when I saw the coach out there coaching baseball, it wasn't going to work. But playing baseball, hand-eye coordination, took me to another another level Like because of, because of that. And, and also film.
2: Mm-hmm. Film.
0: Coach Lip, Coach See, Coach Lip taught me how to play with my eyes. And then my second defensive coordinator, Coach Yogi Jones, he taught me how to watch film. So once I learned the film game, before I even got on the game, I already knew what was going to happen. Like, when we were there, when we first got there, we, we, we watched film, but we didn't have the analytics. But when those the second staff came mm-hmm. in, they brought an- analytics with them. So, now, you know on third down this is what they're going to. Like, you know this is what they're going to. So, I used to sit down with my defensive back coach. I was a linebacker, but I go sit down with the defensive back coach because I know he's doing the pass routes.
2: Mm-hmm. He's the
0: coach watching all the passes. So, I say, Coach, what are they doing this week? He said, hey, around this time in the middle of the field, you need to be in the middle of the field. I got you. So I I do that type of stuff. I was a student of the game, and it helped me a lot, for sure. And then I had him up front. You know what I mean? We ain't going to forget about that. I had Ryan Davis up front, so he's coming around Mm -hmm. that corner, along with Eric Williams and Mike London and Jamil Farrington. So with them coming up front, it's a lot more easy. It's a lot more easy because you're not going to be able to get set with that guy coming around that corner, for sure.
1: I like you highlighted, man, about just, again, the film. And Dre can talk about this because Dre – uh, had to, you know, pretty much the same approach at the NFL level. Like that's really separate. Guys who have a lot of success is you. You ain't out there just playing on talent no more at right. the high level or at the NFL level. It's about being able to study. Jay, talk about kind of like how how that kind of separated you and allowed you by you knowing as much as you did about the defense that, that helped lead to your success you had.
3: Yeah, man. Uh, I, I was seven around picks, so they, they, they didn't expect me to play anyway. So I came in like they, they didn't expect me to be good. So I came in. I had, I had to make sure I studied all the time. Make sure I, I I knew everything. I knew I knew everything was going. So I just made sure I, I, was, I was ahead with, 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 with the film study and, and, and like the plays and stuff like that. So I, I, I could get on the field because I, I was seven right. round picks. They didn't expect me to be good, so. I had to go in, like and, and like like uh, put, put myself ahead some kind of way. So ahead for sure. Exactly. So I did I did that by studying more and like being 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 a student of the game and that that that, that, that got me on the field more.
0: Right, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand it my freshman year, but it really is ninety percent mental, ninety mm-hmm. yeah. percent mental. And then for me, it's ten percent angles after that. Ten percent angles. Exactly. I mean, you don't have to be the fastest guy, but if you take those right angles. Mm-hmm. Fine. And people thought I was blazing. <laughs> I wasn't really fast. <laughs> I wasn't fast at all. I just took the right angles. I took the right angles. I knew, okay, he looked, he stepped this way. I'm going to take my eyes to that guard, and that guard going to tell me everything I need to know. If he, if he blocked, if I see the center's butt, okay, it's a pull, somebody coming back. If he stayed front side, I know the ball, you know, lineman don't lie to you, backs lie to you. So I just like small stuff like that just helped me be so much better. Once I knew it was about the film room, it was over. It was over after that. Game done. Changer. for sure. For sure.
3: Okay, so uh, how was how the pre-draft process for you? Any All-Star games? Where do you think you might end up?
0: Pre-draft process? That's the, I think my pre-draft process was amazing. You know what I mean? The reason why I say it was amazing, it was a gift and a curse. And I'm going to be honest. It was a gift and a curse. Like I said, my junior year, and I had a lot of motivation my junior year because, my, like I said, my best friend went top five. And then my other best friend went in that same draft. He went in the fifth round, and he played linebacker. So I'm there for all that. Like all of it. The good, the bad, and the not supposed to be talked about. I'm I was there for all of it. So I know what it looked like. And I'm getting, I'm getting the uh, I'm getting some of the residuals from it too. You know what I mean? So I'm not being treated like a regular player. I'm getting different type of treatment. So I know how it is. So when it came for me, I just balled. I did what I needed to do. When it came to my process, I didn't want to expect nonetheless. So I got the same type of treatment. Uh, went went and trained down south in uh, Boca Raton at Lynn University. Signed with a major agent. Me and Pat actually we had the same agent. We signed with the same agent. Uh, worked out, worked out every day. Stayed down there in Boca, and then we also had the All Star game that I talked about a little bit earlier in Boca. Played in that one, did great. Actually got hurt in it during the game, but it was you know with All Star games, it's more about how you doing practice and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Sprained my ankle in the All Star game, and then the draft process. And then you said draft day? You asked about draft yeah. day? And then draft day, I knew I wasn't going to go in the first or the first three, four rounds, but that next, that last day, I kept getting all these different calls. What, knowing now, what I know now, I know why they was calling, just to have your information for free uh, free agent mm-hmm. uh, purposes. But I was getting all these different calls from all these different teams, Buffalo, Vikings, the teams I ain't even heard from. Hey, is this your number? Can we reach you at this? All right, I'm just sitting there like, damn, they keep calling me. They keep calling me. So that was that was a little highs and the lows of it. And then end up signing with the Dolphins, right? I signed with the Dolphins. Um, Jeff Ireland was the GM. He brought me in. I worked out at the junior day. I mean, I worked out at the, uh, this. I guess they call it the city day or the county day, the local day, I should say. Mm-hmm. Worked out at the local day at linebacker. And then he brought me back at the end of the workout and worked me out at fullback slash back. So I'm like, aceback, fullback? But I ain't going to say nothing. It's football. Like, you're telling me you're going to take me on the next level to play football, so I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. So I'm out there running routes, coming in motion, uh, uh, three-point stands, things I never did before. But the thing is, I'm catching the ball.
2: Hmm.
0: I might not be running the route right, but I'm catching the ball. And I realize, like, you know, hindsight 2020, 20 They're doing all that because I had, like, three, three, four hundred yards of interception return yardage. And this is the right. year where they're turning all these different positions into a H-backs. I think they did it with the guy from West Virginia. They did it with another few other guys. So, I'm not saying that my hands are actually playing me away from where I really want to play. But it wasn't it wasn't an issue because it's the NFL. They gave me a shot. They brought me in. The uh, Dolphins brought me in for a uh, rookie camp. Stayed down there. Uh, I was there with Lamar Miller. He was a big help for me. He took yeah. me on his wing, taught me everything. And I use a lot of the stuff that I learned from the Dolphins on offense in my uh, process as a coach now it was a great experience to be down there for sure
1: so as you mentioned being drafted by you know being unsigned i'm sorry unsigned uh free agents to sign with the dolphins what was that like to kind of the you know hometown team you know and and what was that like were you even a fan of the dolphins early on
0: no no when i first got the call it was amazing because like the first thing i thought about was my granddad he's the biggest dolphins fan in the world you know what I mean? God bless it. So I feel like the Dolphins low key had something to do with him passing because they just stressing him out. <laughs> yeah, they, they were just stressing. You know how the Dolphins is, man. They, yes, stress they stress you out. So I blame the Dolphins for that. <laughs> but it was exciting. I didn't. I was a Dallas Cowboy fan growing up, but it, at that point it was about business. You know, I just yeah. had my son. I was like, man, home. I'm gonna stay home. I'm gonna stay at home at my mom's crib so I get right. I had all that planned out. I'm gonna stay at my mom's crib till I get right. And uh, it was gonna be exciting. I was like, I was cheating like I was the hometown kid. It was very exciting, bro. I appreciate the Dolphins, though, for sure. Bring me in.
3: So after your still career at linebacker in college, the Dolphins signed you to play fullback. Can you talk about what that was like for you?
0: Bro, it was an experience because that's that's the year they signed Tannehill. They had a new head coach, Joe Philpins, and they brought in to, to OC, which is uh, Tannehill's high, college coach, uh, Mike Sherman.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've been playing football. I mean, I've been playing defense my whole entire life. And with defense, you know, it's one call. And then I get to the Dolphins, they moved me to, to, uh, first I can tell you this quick story. When I got to the locker room, I already knew I was playing fullback. But when I got in the locker room, in my locker, they had a a 52 white jersey, which was defense at the time. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to sneak this on. And then the running back coach came, I think his name was Coach Nixon, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was Coach Nixon. He's like, nah, that's the wrong jersey, champ. He was like, that's the wrong jersey. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, get that tail. Like, no worries, but I was going to try that first, so. I was, like, was going to try, try to sneak over there. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to But, man, that first meeting, bro, I, I kid you not, bro, plays was like two, three sentences for one play. It was the West Coast <laughs> like Two, offense. three sentences. Like, two, three sentences. I did not understand. I was like, whoa, this is different. That's why I say Lamar was a big part for me. He did a lot for me. He helped, but we still friends to this day because of that. But it was like, man, it was a lot, bro. I'm like, man. But I was smart, and then, with the, what, like I, I, I referred to earlier, the, um, the NFL helped me with what they would do was, the NFL, they give you the whole practice in rookie camp. They give you the whole practice the day before. So every play that we're going to run it inside,
2: mm-hmm. you're
0: going to have it. Every play you're going to run a seven-on-seven, you're going to have. You're going to have the whole script. Like, we didn't do that in college. So I was like, oh, okay, so I can just need to practice what we going to do. You know what I mean? And then I just knew I was going to make the team because, it was two fullbacks. It was me and another kid, and he fell the physical. He fell the physical, so when you fell the physical, you get cut. So I'm the only one taking reps. So I'm, like, okay, wow. I'm get all the reps. I'm catching all my balls. I'm catching all my blocks. Uh, I think they signed. I mean, OV was the top pick that year. No, Ryan was the top pick. OV was the second pick. So I'm, I'm doing what I got to do, dealing with him, which was a lot. <laughs> pass blocking, pass pro. I'm coming out of motion. They lining me up at receiver, coming back in motion. It's a lot going on, bro.
1: You got to clarify, like, O.V., is, is that Olivier, Olivier Vernon? You got to clarify.
0: Olivier Vernon. I think he was the second pick that year. Yeah. I think he was the second pick that year. So I'm dealing with all these dogs in front of me, and this is my first time being on the side of the ball. You know what I mean? Of defense, just being aggressive will get you half the, half the battle. But on offense, you got to know them angles. You know, mm-hmm. if you're coming down on backside and the protection front side, you got to cut him off. You just can't come down. All that different, you know, football talk. But, man, it was a great experience, bro. It set me up for where I'm at now because of the the, uh, the work they put in to, for us to have that type of information. You know what I mean? Like the whole practice the day before.
1: For sure. Like uh, the, the attitude that you have, like I didn't even know that was your experience because, um, and I've seen it at the pro level, you know, sometimes when guys are not open to position change or, you know what I mean? Like they, they, they're kind of even special teams, you know, the guys yeah. are like, man, I'm not here for that. And it really kind of, you know, pigeonholed them or pretty much, You know, get them out of the building, so to say. So, like to know that you had that mentality, like, man, whatever y'all want, I'm gonna do it. You know what I mean? Just for the opportunity, man. That's that's a lesson in itself.
0: For sure. And I'm glad you said special teams, because that's part of the reason why I believe I got cut. I know why I got cut because of special teams. I couldn't play them. Well, I ain't gonna say I couldn't play them. I never played them. You know, when we was in school, we had no depth. Mm -hmm. Like in our school, the ones are the ones. Soon as the ones come out, it's threes behind you. So you're not able to play all those different special teams. And when I got there, like kick slide, I'm like, whoa, kick slide. And I couldn't even kick slide, bro. I can do it, but it was just new to me. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like all them different type of stuff. like, And it's that serious. Special teams is yeah. that serious. And, and, and now being a special teams coordinator, bro, I take it that serious. And I, and That's I tell people I like, play special teams. I put our stars on special teams. They don't even like it. But you talking about you want to play in the NFL, when you go to the league, you're going to appreciate me when you come back because you're going to know how to play special teams. Sure, man. That's the that's that's
1: almost been the recurring statement that I've had with a lot of guys that make it to the pros and we talk about it on our podcast. Special teams is the differentiator. differentiator. Like it really separates guys when you don't you know, you're not a first round pick, second round pick, high pick. Special teams is what separates. Special I literally teams. seen guys. We had a guy named Chris Thompson from, from the University of Florida, speedy, fast guy. He didn't get I think no, he went to Florida State, right? No, no, not that. that's the guy. He's okay. that's the running back. But this was a receiver okay, at the yeah. University of Florida, and he he didn't get no reps on offense, like no catches, no nothing. But he made the team, he was a practice squad, then got bumped up to the team for special teams, like no offensive reps on offense, like none. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like but special teams is what really allows guys to go on to have great careers. We can even talk about one of our fellow alumni, Eric Weems. He played 11 years in NFL on yeah, special teams. Fair. And just like you said, he played a lot of special teams in his career because we know Coach right. Wise, who we play for, and we love. Yeah. He ain't really put his starters and those guys out there on special teams. So when he played it at his last year, he got kind of familiar with it, but he said the conversation that he had – with uh, Joe Horn told him, listen, you need to focus on special teams. That's you know serious. what I mean, and that's gonna build your, you know, your ability to be able to do more, um, and 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 allow you to stay around. So
0: special teams is that serious? It's that serious, bro. It's that serious. And, and bringing up Weems and, and every team he was on, bro, he probably had the best hands on the team. And everybody that's said right. it, but when she started playing special teams, bro, like that it locked him in, bro. He got 11 years in the league and all pros and pro pros yes. and all that stuff, bro. and, and, and oh. that's a, a good example, bro, for sure. Facts. Means, bro. You're right. Yes. So
1: so things didn't go as planned on a pro level, as you mentioned, you know, but can you talk about what was next for you and what that process was like? You know, once you realize hey, you know, this may not be, you know, I may not, you know, excel. or have a success I wanted to have on a pro level. Right.
0: So for me, I didn't dwell. I just used and I, I was smart enough. A lot of people. And that's something I want to get into. Once I start coaching, a lot of people didn't have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of people dwell in it when it, when it, things don't go the way you wanted to go. Because you so you you go from playing college, just imagine you go from playing college football, and this for the guys that didn't don't even get the opportunity. You go from people giving you your schedule, telling you need to go eat, do this, and then after that last game, you don't even hear from them people, especially if you already graduated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and, and we're different here now. We, we don't do those type of things. But for me it was like I used what I learned in football, sudden change. You know what I mean? I had to I had to figure out what I wanted to do, and I was like well i want to be around football so what can i do i was like well my deepest coordinator well he's still the deepest coordinator here but when i was playing at the time was coach jones and he used to always tell me you're going to be a coach you're going to be a coach you're going to be a coach?" I was like because i ain't gonna be no coach I, I can't i can't deal with me <laughs> you know what i <laughs> mean like, being in your position i'm gonna deal with me so i know i ain't gonna be no coach he's like you're gonna be a coach you're gonna be a coach and then looking back at it growing up my uncle was a coach I always was at the games you know what i mean I, uh, coaches coaches always telling me I was a coach. Coaching on the field, being a leader, that's coaching on the field. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, being accountable is coaching, essentially. Teaching and all that good stuff. So uh, I went to the, the next year. I graduated, came back to school. I was on campus and graduated. And I went to their pro day. And he pulled me to the side. He was like, remember I told you he going to coach? I was like, you did tell me. I was like, Coach, I don't know about that. He said, well, if you're serious about it, come see me. And I thought about it. I thought about it. I was like, man, you tripping like you, you told yourself you'll do anything to be around football. I sweep the floors just to be mm-hmm. around football, and you got this opportunity in front of you to be a, a grad assistant and get your master's where you already got went to school at, and you know, you, and they're gonna pay you. Then you go in there. So I went in there the next day and I ain't left since I I, I worked, I was there for the spring, I did everything he needed to ask me to do for free. Then wasn't in school, just did it just to show him that I wanted to do it. He spent time with me. Worked through me through the summer, like actually gave me all his stuff, broke it down to me, and just I got lucky. You know, what I mean, a lot of people don't have that. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. I got lucky. He gave me everything that made me successful to this day. He gave it to me, he didn't have to. He gave it to me, and I, and I took it and I applied it and, it, and it got me here today. Went on to uh, I might be going on too far, huh?
1: No, you can because you don't cover the coaching part, but you can kind of talk about just your progress through
0: coaching, right? So, I, I was a grad assistant for two years. Ended up being a grad assistant, getting a job for two years, did that. And then the next year, and it's more about relationships. So when you get into that coaching, it's, yes. it's a lot of relationships. So I met a coach by the name of Greg Ruffin that they brought in to bethune cookman He actually rent my apartment when he came in. When I left as my grad assistant, because I came home, taught at Ely for a year. I thought I was finished grad school. I came home, taught at Ely for a year. He stayed in my apartment in Daytona. And I was like, my mom used to tell me, why you still have that apartment? You need to get rid of that apartment. I was like, no, I ain't getting rid of it. You know what I mean? I had a plan. <laughs> so I moved one of the coaches in there. He got the job. He used to always tell me, why you not coaching? Why you not coaching? I was like, I had to come home, man, be around my son and do that type of stuff. He was like, man, when I get a job, I'm going to hire you. He's like, when I get a job, I'm going to hire you. I was like, you going to hire me? He's like, yeah, I'm going to hire you. And then he called me in six months. He got the head job at El Waters. I'm thinking he called me to be a position coach or whatnot. He said, I want you to be my defense coordinator. He's like, You ready? I was like, Yeah, I stay ready, coach. So I'm in my class doing my playbook. You know what I, mean? I got my old playbook from within, but I'm changing over to El Waters. I'm in my class doing my playbook. You know, I'm doing my research. Then Coach Wild was at El Waters. Yeah. So he took over for Coach Wyde doing my research. They went like, you know, they ain't won a game in like two years. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is the perfect job. You know what I mean? So we came in, we won five games our first year. We went from being ranked the 93rd defense in the nation to the 27th defense in the nation. Wow. I was like, oh, yeah, this is this the one for me. So I went there for a year, and then the special teams coordinator linebacker job came over back at the Thorn Cookman. And uh, before I could call Coach Sims to ask him about the job, he was already calling me. He's like, what's up, man? Why, why, why? I know you about to call me, and he called me first. I'm like, man, how you know I was going to call you? He's like, because you called me about that job. I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. So the thing is, though, I interviewed, and and I'm going to be honest, I was pissed off. I was pissed off that they made me interview. You know what I mean? I was pissed off because I was like, man, I just did an interview for two years here. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I went off and and played, but looking back at it, and then uh, my mom and my significant other was telling me, well, you want to interview because you don't want nobody to give you nothing. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? When it comes down to it, you interview for it, you earned it. Right. so when i when i interviewed i interviewed for coach jones which was hot which is kind of funny because i'm he asked me questions i'm reciting things back that he taught me wow you know I mean? so i know it's kind of refreshing for him and then it was all she wrote it's been down here ever since Just going on my third my third year second season because of covid and uh i can't complain man i'm blessed i'm blessed man sure. you,
1: you you definitely touched a couple different things in terms of you know a little bit of luck in there but it's preparation at the same time yeah, right sure. you, Talk about sure. coming from not coaching in terms of being at Ely or not in the college level to being a uh, defensive coordinator. You might have been probably probably the youngest defensive coordinator in the country, probably.
0: Right? Yeah, I'm pretty. I was 26. I was 26. <laughs> wow. For sure. I was 26. I, I, I don't care if you're
1: a defensive coordinator at a junior college. whatever. I mean, that's, you know, right, that, you that, that's young man. that's that's respect in itself, bro. Like to be a defensive coordinator. Your first real full time job to come in and do it and do that it at Edwards, again a program you had to build. time job, bro.
0: It was yeah. my real first time job. <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying? That's that a mean, program that you didn't you you want not then not dealing with talent that's at Alabama or Florida. You right. had to really build that man, and so that's just preparation. But another thing you highlighted is relationships, and that's something that I learned at the NFL la- la- um, mm-hmm. level, bro. It's all about relationships.
0: All about relationships, bro. Like, Anybody that's yeah. football, mm-hmm. you can learn that in the book literally mm-hmm. you can go buy books and learn that but if you don't know nobody coach yourself
1: champ w- waste of time like it's it's literally all about relationship we had last season terry braden on who was uh bradden who's a, a former assistant at cookman who went who's now at kansas city Chiefs. but he talked about just you know having an opportunity to meet people eric um uh, uh mr mr the, the, the Le- emmett thomas the legendary coach for kansas city that just took a liking to him and i remember being introduced to terry at the combine and i'm talking to mm-hmm. Emmett. and i love talking to older vet players and coaches because they got so much wisdom. So I'm sitting there talking with him, and he was like, what school did you go to? And I told him, but don't cook. He said, man, we just hired a guy who was coaching down there. And he introduced me to Terry. And, man, terry have been locked in ever since. But just having the opportunity to meet somebody that can go to the table and say, I want this guy and build relationships, that's game-changing. Then he got close with um, Spagnola, who came to Kansas City, and now he's a position coach. Now he's coaching defensive line.
0: Did you tell you how he got that relationship? Did he tell the story on? um Yeah, yeah. Going to work at the uh, at the at the, uh, at the Provo. Provo. Yeah, at the Provo. Coach Sim, sent to the Pro. They asked him, "Did we have anybody that wanted to work at the Provo?" Mm-hmm. And Reed and them boys loved them, bro. And it's been down here ever since, man. It and and is it's just that easy, bro. Just that easy, bro. Just that easy. And I, 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 we don't want to say easy either, because like you said, right? It's right. a lot of preparation into it mm-hmm. because you prepare and you be prepared, and you you you'll, you'll tell yourself like, man, I got it by luck, but not even knowing. That you put a lot into it. Facts. You put a lot into it. And it's just, it's the world giving back what you gave. The work, the work you put in, is coming back out of flourishing. But it looks like luck to, to the to the uh to the naked eye, it looks like luck. That one luck for Terry, because Terry did a lot of work, mm-hmm. putting a lot of ground, bro, especially for us as a university. He put in a lot of work for us, bro. Facts. And, and for now sure. I see him on Sunday. I, like I have a relationship with Terry too. I see him on Sunday night football, coaching his tail off. Absolutely,
1: so proud of that. But uh, since you had the opportunity to make it to the highest level, as we mentioned, what advice would you give players? And I know you know some of the stuff that you already put in your coaching, as you said, to players about special teams. Um, but what what, what do you kind of share with them about what it takes to um to uh, to make it to make it at that level or uh even about being prepared if it doesn't even work if it doesn't work out,
0: right? So to make it on that level, it's it's, it's a pro effort you know mm-hmm. you gotta have that pro effort and jay tell you about that like
2: yeah,
0: definitely. these these are once you be 21 years old and you're getting out there with 30 35 year old men that are yes. taking care of families mm-hmm. so you got to have that pro effort now they not they don't have time for you to come in here talking about oh i'm 21 i'll be nah because that 21 year old get out there and make the wrong mistake now we all don't have a, a job you know what i mean now my kids you know don't have their dad working or whatnot mm-hmm. and uh what was the second part of that question
1: just what are, what are some of the, the things that you refer to in terms of just kind of, you know,
0: uh, if
1: it don't work out, what are you sharing with guys about being prepared for that?
0: Always have a plan B. Mm-hmm. Always have a plan B. You know, go And, and not even a plan B. I want to call it another plan because yeah, when we was growing up, they would tell you, okay, you're a football player, the only thing you need to be focused on is football. Yeah. No. No. Mm-hmm. No. Like even in pros, they'll tell you that. But no, not even, like guys doing their own thing with podcasts, TV show, like Brandon Marshall. He was still playing football and doing uh, Sunday night football when he was with the Jets. Yeah. And they Mm -hmm. didn't like that. They didn't Mm -hmm. like that at all. You need to be focused. But you'll see head coaches in in, in commercials. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I tell people just don't don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Stay ready. Be prepared. Uh, Have no excuses. And whatever you're doing, be on time for sure. Because time, and not just like the clock time, like time, like when, when you're there, be locked in. I got this thing I like to use called being laser-focused. You know what I mean? When you're using that, because all that stuff, you can get back. You know, if I stop stretching, I can get tight. I start back stretching, I'm going to loosen back up. Mm -hmm. But I ain't going to get time back. You don't get time back. So you got to take advantage of your time, bro, and and be laser-focused with your time and appreciate your time because it's a lot of people would be – I don't care what level you're on. As football. It's a lot of people would do anything to be in your shoes. You know what I mean? Take advantage of that time. Be there. Be present. Be where your feet are.
1: Absolutely, facts. And I mean, you hit so many dope points. But before we let Drake close it out with his last question, talk about uh, this quick question. Talk about what Dion has um, done for the HBCUs and what that looked like in terms of from a recruiting level. Now, you know, because you got five and four star guys going to to Jackson State and. To, to all these different schools now to be able to just even try to compete, but just talk about the light that's on HBCUs and kind of the motivation and how you guys are trying to attack it to be able to compete.
0: I think Dion's helped putting us over. He's 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 kicking the door down. Mm-hmm. Essentially. He's helping us get through that door. You know, we 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 got we always have Hall of Famers. Like if you look back at Jackson State, they got four or five Hall mm-hmm. of Famers yeah. from back in the days. But it's crazy. I got to say, you got to look back. But when when you get De- a guy like Dion, uh, 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 a man like Dion, a character like Dion, I should say, and not the man like the the name, the brand, prime mm-hmm. Time, mm-hmm. you can't do nothing but watch. Yeah, you can't you can't do nothing but watch. So we have to be us as coaches and players on our level. We have to be prepared for that and know that and be ready for that. You know what I mean? Because they're gonna watch, and we already know we have always had a great brand of football, not a whole world scene. Yes, yeah. like what Jackson State is doing is kind of. It rivals what we did because every my, my junior year, we went, we started off ten and zero. That next year, we played every game on ESPN. Every yeah. game is on ESPN on TV.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now with Dion coming in, every game is gonna be on TV. Everybody's watching. Like I heard him say something about like why we played on ESPN. Why why haven't we seen any highlights? You know what I mean? Which is true. Mm-hmm. But if I was to come out and say that, you would never hear that. Right. But like, well, you get a guy like Dion to say it with his name in the media. And he's a a hall of famer he's a he's a darn good football coach it 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 shines light on him you know what i mean it's a great it's a great thing for us a lot of people don't like it i love it i love it i love it because he's putting a lot of a lot of lights on guys on on kids that wouldn't have they wouldn't have those lights if a guy like him wasn't here now we've been coaching football Mm -hmm. as far as getting that notoriety He's doing a great job for us for sure
1: i think it's a it's a new day and i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna return i think it's gonna continue to inspire and i think yeah. that's the new strategy of just bringing more opportunity and exposure and a, a lot of things that i talk about a lot too it, some of the guys i talk talk to or have great relationships with at the college at the pro level they you know they talk about football but they have no idea about the experience of hbcu like the, the culture oh, yeah. is different you know what i'm saying so, for people to experience, and I remember I was watching something with Dion, you know, the little stuff that he had. His son, who played at South Carolina in the office alignment, of he had transferred from UCF, came into his office on the first day of school and told him, Oh, yeah, this is different. This is different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they've been at the PWI, hey, they they seen right. that environment. HBCU was a whole different environment.
0: And we used to have those guys that come through and had those same type of experiences. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially the boys that came from records in South mm-hmm. Florida. Right. Like, it's different. It's different, and plus, it's it's gonna help you from for when everything get cut off. Yes, because at HBCU, you got to do a lot of stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a lot of people gonna look after you for sure. Mm-hmm. But you, it's not you're not being coddled,
2: right?
0: You're not gonna be coddled. You know what I mean? You're not gonna be coddled, which is a good thing on the on the back end. You know what I mean? You're gonna have some responsibility skills, which when you leave, for sure. But it's a great experience though, especially on that beach. So if you're watching, come on, come on, on down <laughs> yeah. to the beach. <laughs> be a mile away from the beach.
1: <laughs> Dre, it's beautiful, man. I gotta get you down there, bro. All right, Dre, out. did did you
0: my bad for cutting you off? Did you play with uh my role at uh Vendy? My role, that's, my, that's my boy, yeah. Okay. No, I I, 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 I
3: ain't played with him, like, he he'll he he'll he, he ahead of me. He, he he'll see when I when I well he grabbed me when, when I became a freshman. Okay, hey, yeah,
0: he's from Pompano, for sure.
3: Yeah, that's, that's my boy. He, too old. Too old. he 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 just got married too. I went, I went to his yeah, wedding. He did. He wanted them Coneys.
0: big cones. Yeah, big big old condom. He like Coach Williams, You say big, you got to take, you got to take the R out. Take, the R out.
3: <laughs> okay, bet, bet, bet. So, what's your future aspiration in coaching?
0: Well, obviously, you know, I want to be a head coach, but not just to be a head coach. You know, I just want to be able to. You know, I love. I've been, you know, being a leader of men, young men, is just something special. Like. I can just remember when I came in. Not even me. I could talk about my kids. Like guys coming in as freshmen and leaving as seniors and being two different, totally people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and mean, that's a, and that's a product. You know what I mean? That's a process of seeing it grow. And I, I always love to start things from the bottom and watch them grow. And to be at the helm of that and take on that new challenge will be a blessing in itself. But that and if it doesn't happen, I'll be fine too. But to be a head coach for sure will be something special for me.
1: absolutely well bro i appreciate your time man i know again you're in the rigors of coaching recruiting all these other things that you got going but you always been my you know my young guy that you know had much respect for
0: For sure bro i had to stop what i was doing to get on this, bro for sure sure. appreciate it man that's you gotta gotta, people gotta understand just because you get to a certain spot like you still have big homies you know what i mean you Still got big homies and you got to be there for them for yes,
1: sure. And I you appreciate that. You there
0: for me, bro. You were there for me. Yes,
1: appreciate sir. it, my brother. So again, man, I, I man, this here, again, you share so much great uh insights, so much uh tips and tools that we can share because that's what it's really about, these young guys getting this information. So, man, we appreciate you, man. I know that you are well on your way in your coaching career, man. The sky is really the limit, man. Being at the right place at the right time and being prepared is gonna take you to the ne- to, to the next level. So again, man, I appreciate it. Dre, you got anything else for him? Man,
3: thank you, bro My first time meeting you, man You're a great guy, man I appreciate y'all coming, coming on the show And talking to us, I really appreciate it, bro
0: Yes, sir, man I appreciate y'all, man What is season three right here? Season three, my brother yes, sir, <laughs> Let's keep it going, man I've been watching, for sure, man Let's keep it going, man It's great stuff y'all got going Man, It's gonna hot it. for sure yeah.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode Of What's the Hype Podcast Remember to like, subscribe, and comment Follow us on all platforms At What's the Hype Podcast I've been grinding all my life All my life Been grinding all my life